to avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. Only a podcast. Only a podcast. Howdy all, this is Los Man here, and after a bit of a hiatus, I am returning to do a new episode of the Midnight Manor podcast. Now, since the last podcast reporting, there has been a major change that I'd like to briefly discuss, and that is that I will be flying solo from now on. I no longer have a co-host, but that's okay, because you know what? Podcasts don't don't necessarily have to have two or three people. You can actually do a solo podcast, which is what I'll be doing. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'll be doing this all the time. I will be having guest hosts and the occasional interviews. So go ahead and look forward to future broadcasts because I'm going to make this interesting. It's certainly going to be a a new um, new direction to go in, and I certainly look forward to seeing what kind of fun we get to have here. Now. It is summer, it is late June, and like most of us, we are basically stuck at home because of the COVID virus, but that I always like to take a look at the positives, and the positives for for the situation, as strange as it may sound, is the ability to check movies, watch more movies, and talk about movies. I know uh, one of the things that I'm certainly going to be doing is looking at movies that I checked out in the past, so that way I can take a look and see if I have the same opinion of them, or maybe my thoughts have changed, because I have noticed that there are occasions when I do watch a movie, and I may have an an opinion on it, but then when I rewatch it, I may say, hey, you know what, I like that movie better now, or I don't really care for that movie. So, with that being said, I'm going to start with a little bit of a theme here, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about summertime horror movies. Now, there's plenty to choose from, so what I'm going to be doing is comparing two movies at a time, so that way I can have a fun discussion and give you something to think about. Now, the movies I decided for this first podcast are going to be two movies that were released a year from one another. The first one is Shark Night 3D, which was released in 2011, and the other movie is going to be Bait 3D, which was released in 2012. Now, the reason why I chose these two movies was, well, quite evident. They both involve sharks. They both involve people dealing with shark attacks in an unknown environment or a situation that you don't expect. And I will discuss with each of the movies what those are. But the other thing that's unique about these two movies, as I mentioned earlier, is that they were both 3D movies. Now, 3D movies came back into vogue around 2008, 2009, and they still kind of are a thing now. I mean, you don't really see too many 3D movies being released now, but back 10 years ago, whenever a major movie came out, and even a somewhat major movie, they would always throw out a 3D version of the movie, hey, to get a bit of a gimmick out of it. Now, both of these movies were made with 3D in mind. I mean, this wasn't just a case of, oh, well, let's just uh, make the movie 3D even though the movie wasn't. Now, the original shark movie that came out in 3D, if uh, you're not aware, is Jaws 3D, which came out back in 1982-83, I believe. And I remember watching that back in the day. It's not a great movie. It's actually a terrible movie, which would only make it more interesting when, when Jaws 4 would come out a few years later, making it even worse than it was. 
But that being said, the 3D format for both of these movies almost seems a little unnecessary, albeit it's interesting because both movies rely on the same kind of sight, you know, you know, gory moments, you know. So the 3D is used to just kind of make a scary movie a little bloodier by making things a little more interesting, you know, like showing the gore a little more in your face. Now, the first movie I'm going to be talking about is Shark Night, which was directed by David R. Ellis. Now, David R. Ellis is no longer with us. He passed away a couple of years ago. But he did direct a couple of significant movies. Most notably, he was the director of Final Destination 2, Snakes on a Plane, Cellular, Asylum, well, Final Destination, not the original one, but a, but a later version of the movie. And his last movie would be Shark Knight. Now, the name Shark Knight or Shark Knight 3D is almost interchangeable. The movie itself was made with 3D in mind. However, 3D is usually not a, a feature that's in movies unless you have a 3D TV or you have the red and blue glasses. And I never really cared for those. The movie Shark Knight is a movie that came out and a little bit a little bit of background here it has a 4.0 on the internet movie database 19 on rotten tomatoes i will tell you this right now this movie was savaged by the critics i mean they really did not like this movie and you know it's kind of unfair because it's not a bad movie it's not a great movie it's a popcorn film it's a movie that teenagers would would like and that's what they did. I When I saw the movie back in 2011, I took a group of ex- exchange students, and they loved it. I mean, they loved how gory the movie was, and they got a kick out of it. And that's who the audience was for this movie, teenagers, especially teenage boys and teenage girls. Now, Shark Knight stars Sarah Paxton, who is a bit of a screen queen in her own right. She has been, in besides Shark Knight, she's also in, she's in The Innkeepers. The Last House on the Left, and Cheap Thrills. Now, Sarah Paxton does have a relation to Bill Paxton. Apparently, they're distant cousins. And I've seen her in a few other movies. I I actually like her. She's a pretty good actress. And, you know, she makes for a good uh, final girl or lead character in a horror movie. Now, other people in the movie, you have Catherine McPhee, who's a singer. I believe she was on... One of those, uh, one of those singing programs. What is it? Um, America's something or another. And then you also have Donnell Logue, who usually plays uh, country guys or you know, kind of Irish guys in movies. Joel David Moore, who I've actually seen in a number of movies. He often plays like the um, the slacker friend. He's in um, Avatar, and he's in was it Hatchet. And then you also have uh, Joshua Leonard. Now, Joshua Leonard is someone that people might recognize because he's one of the three individuals who was in the Blair Witch Project. Now, the movie takes place in Louisiana. You have uh, a bunch of college students who are from Tulane University. And yes, Tulane is an actual university. They're going to be heading to Sarah. That's Sarah Paxton. Oh, look at that. Sarah, Sarah Paxton. Uh, I guess they didn't get too creative with her name, but yeah, it makes it easier because at least when they're directing her, they can at least say, oh, oh Sarah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, 
young teenagers or young college students actually is more accurate go to lake crosby in louisiana where uh, sarah's folks have this beautiful island home which get this is an island in the middle of a lake i mean so apparently they're wealthy they do show that when they arrive that they encounter some of the locals uh not too friendly uh you have two individuals one named dennis and the other named red now these are two individuals these are two characters that they will run into later they obviously are involved in the story what happens next if you've never seen the movie is a bit of a spoiler here there are sharks in the lake yes i know i'm thinking what you're thinking how the hell do sharks end up in the middle of a lake that's nowhere near the ocean? Well, they kind of explain a few things, but yeah, you know, it, this is a movie, you know, details. Well, what ends up happening is because they're in the middle of nowhere, there's no cell phone service. They have an accident where one of their friends gets maimed by a shark. So they try to reach out for help. Unfortunately, they run into problems. The first of which is that characters who have some ill intentions now of course in the course of the movie the sharks take out uh, sarah's friends one at a time in some really unique ways uh, in many respects this movie probably inspired sharknado because some of the kills that occur are a little out there i mean they're almost impractical almost silly but that's the point of the movie. It's not meant to be taken seriously. So after most of her friends have been killed, uh, Sarah, who, you know, ding, 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 she's the final girl. She learns that the local yokels and the sheriff are in cahoots and that they're looking to take advantage of them to use as shark bait because they want to get famous making, you know, snuff films involving sharks for Shark Week. Yeah, as if they would show those on Shark Week, although... Who knows what they show nowadays. So Sarah and her friend uh, Nick, who is a pre-med student, have to fight off these characters who basically are hell-bent on making them not enjoy their trip there. Now, what I will say about Shark Night, the movie itself, it's not a bad movie. Despite its 4.0 and 13 on the Rotten Tomato score, it's actually not bad for a shark movie. You got to keep in mind, people, the grandiose apex shark movie Jaws from 1975 is such a great movie. It's difficult to follow in the success of that film without being derivative. Even Jaws 2, in many respects, is a remake of the movie with just a slightly different cast. And in the years that followed, you saw dozens of imitation movies coming out with different type of creatures, piranhas, barracudas, squids, you know, killer crabs, orca whales. Basically, every creature you can think of that could potentially attack a person was probably utilized in a horror movie to try to capitalize on Jaws. Now, by the time Shark Night came out, most of the shark movies that were being released were basically trying to come up with a different idea besides, you know, people at the beach getting munched by, uh, you know, by, by the um, sea creature. So prior to that, you had movies like Deep Blue Sea, and then you also had Bait, which was which I want to discuss in the next segment. And then, of course, you had the Sharknado movies, which come out a few years later, which would just open the floodgates for the crazy, zany, shark-related movies. I mean, honestly, 
go on Tubi, go on Amazon Prime, and just type the word shark, and you'll see dozens of shark movies of all sorts of subjects, such as shark exorcist, sand shark, snow shark, sharktopus. I mean, it's just absurd what they go into to try to create a shark story. So that being said, at least Shark Night keeps the story a little believable, if not a little more grounded. Well, not really, because some of these sharks kind of fly out of the water. But like I said, Shark Night is not a bad movie. It's not a great movie, but it certainly isn't a waste of time. I mean, I did like the cast, you know, like I said, Sarah Paxton is great. And Donnell Logue makes a great villain. He's kind of a sleazy, um, you know, hillbilly type. Well, hillbilly is not a really good word to use. He's a local yokel type. So, but that being said, hey, I certainly didn't feel the need to turn the movie off and i certainly didn't feel the need to walk out of the movie but it's okay because like i said this movie was fun and it does have some fun little nods to jaws there is a um reference to tiger sharks and how they tend to eat anything and there's a funny scene where the one of the characters mentions how they pull the license plate out of which is a direct reference to jaws and with that i will tell you this hey if you get a chance check it out uh, I watched Shark Night on uh, Tubi, I believe. And actually, no, it's on, I believe it is on Netflix. Yes, okay, it's on Netflix. So, you know, do a little searching around and you can definitely get it. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close this segment on Shark Night. All right, now we're ready for our next segment. And... In this round, I'm going to talk about a 2012 movie called Bait 3D. Now, Bait 3D was directed by Kimball Rendell, and it stars Sharni Vinson, Phoebe Tonkin, Julian McMahon, and Xavier Samuel. Now, this is an Australian movie. Actually, the movie is Australian and Malaysian. So the cast is completely Australian and Malaysian. Doesn't have any American actors that I can think of. Now, the movie itself was produced and released in 2012. It has a 5.2 on the IMDb rating, which is actually not bad, and a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, better scores than Shark Night. The movie had a $20 million budget and made $32 million in the box office. The movie itself didn't do that great in Australia, but it had a great showing in China and in Italy. The film did not receive an official release in the United States that I know of, but it has garnered a following ever since it was put out on the streaming clients, especially given that that the main final girl is played by Sharni Vinson and she appears in the movie You're Next, which is one of my personal favorite horror movies. Now, the movie Bait takes place on a beach community on the uh, coast of Australia. You have two lifeguards, Josh and Rory, who were best friends. And they were celebrating because there was a proposal. Looks like Josh had proposed to Rory's sister, Tina, who's played by Sharni Vincent. However... A tragic accident occurs where Rory is killed by a shark while you know trying to rescue somebody. And I guess in the aftermath, 
both um, Josh and Tina drift apart because she was given a job opportunity, and I guess he ends up quitting his job. So a year later, Josh is working in a grocery store, just going about his business. You know, they show obvious signs that he and um, Tina are no longer together. And in the course of events, a whole bunch of things occur. There's a um, shoplifter who gets busted. You have a couple of shadowy characters who are looking to rob the store. And, of course, Josh has an encounter with Tina and her new boyfriend. Meanwhile, as the robbery begins or occurs and you have a standoff between a police officer and the, and the bad guys, a typhoon strikes the community and floods the store. Now, I was going to try to do a death count in this movie. I stopped as soon as the typhoon occurred because it's absurd. I watch a couple of videos and there's an estimate in between 250 and 300 people who die on screen in this movie, but you figure it's going to be a lot more because a natural disaster of this of this uh, you know class a lot more people. So I'm just going to focus on the people who die as a direct result of the sharks that are in the movie. Now, what ends up happening is after all the um, mayhem occurs, you have a group of survivors basically in a flooded grocery store. It's it's a sunken level, so the, the building is flooding. And as they're trying to figure out how to get out, they are faced with a couple of problems. One, there's electrical wires that are close to the water that'll zap anyone that is in the water. But then they discover that there is a great white shark basically floating or swimming in between the aisles. Now, of course, this uh, makes things much more interesting, especially given that there's a um, another group of people in the parking garage who are also trapped. They have, um, they're basically trapped in their cars and there's another great white shark basically swimming around. Now, bait may not be as well known as Shark Night, but they do share in common that they were both released as 3D movies. And both of them have somewhat absurd premises, you know, basically sharks being somewhere that they're not supposed to be. And the first time I watched Bait and I saw what happened, I almost turned the movie off because I thought, give me a break. This is silly. I mean, seriously, sharks in a supermarket? But I'll tell you this, if you've never seen Bait before, watch, enjoy. The movie surprised me. I loved the movie. I thought it was great. I watched it again yesterday, and I still love it. And not just because Sharni Vincent is in it. I mean, the whole cast is pretty pretty good. You know, you have basically people who are trapped, and they're trying to find safety. Meanwhile, you've got a deadly predator basically stalking them. So... In many respects, even though this is a shark movie, this movie could easily have taken place in Louisiana, like Shark Night, but it could have involved, you know, alligators. It could have involved um, a group of people trapped with a tiger or, or lion, basically, you know, going around them. So in a sense, you have people who are basically trapped and you have a deadly predator at work. And that's what I love about this movie, because they have to work together to try to find a way out. Meanwhile, they're, they're dealing with the aftermath of a storm that's basically trapped them without any uh, hope for help. You know, so they have to take care of themselves. Now, the 
movie has got some great moments in it. You have some truly creative um, thinking from the survivors to uh, try to, you know, take care of their problem. So that makes the movie really interesting to watch because, you know, they don't have too many weapons available to them. You know, granted, there is a police officer and he has a gun, but, you know, you don't really have that kind of advantage or, you know, against a shark because, as I've seen in movies like, uh, or actually TV shows like Mythbusters, guns really don't work well underwater, or at least they don't work as well as you would like them to work. So in the movie, you have Josh and Tina having to deal with their um, past trauma and the fact that Tina's got a new boyfriend. Now, of course, you also have the issues with the young the young shoplifter and the police officer who turns out to be your father, you know, he's having to deal with that. You also have one of the remaining robbers who try, you know, basically try to, you know, rob the store. And strangely enough, his character is actually turns out to be a pretty decent guy. I mean, albeit he's a criminal, but he actually proves to be quite helpful in, in trying to get them out of the situation because hell he's trapped in there too. So, in this story, you literally have a fight for survival, and you have some really good shark effects. So what I really loved about this movie, like I said, it's a lot of tension, you have great characters, and you have, you know, pretty cool looking sharks. The, you know, animatronic sharks that they use are actually pretty cool looking. You know, they, you know, they're very deadly looking, and they definitely are the kind of creatures you don't want to mess with. Now... Bait can be watched on Tubi, and it's a really good movie. I really recommend it. I know, like in the previous um, segment, I talked about how there are dozens of shark movies that are out there to watch, and most of them are silly or just terrible. This isn't one of them. Bait definitely is one of the better movies that's been released in recent years involving sharks. The other one would include uh, The Meg, which I absolutely love, and mainly because it knows what it is, and it has fun with it. It's basically Super Jaws. Now, that being said, there are plenty of other great underwater horror movies worth checking out, and in um, future segments, I will discuss some more uh, horror movies that I did check out, uh, most notably Jaws, its sequels and some other movies that were released in the era. Because, as I said previously, there was a complete flood, literally, of Jaws knockoff movies. Now, Bait and Shark Knight both have positives about them. You know, they both have pretty decent casts. You have final girls that are quite inventive and know how to fight bad. You have sharks kind of out of their element and you do have some surprise heroes that pop up uh what they are different obviously you know shark knight is basically a you know basically you've got bad guys that are in charge whereas bait even the bad guy is in peril because it's basically you know people versus the elements and with that I definitely recommend the bait of between the two movies. But if you want to check out Shark Knight, go ahead. It's not a bad movie. Like I said in the previous segment, it's not a great movie, 
it's not a terrible movie. It's a movie that you may not like, but you know what? Give it a shot. But I definitely highly recommend Bait. It certainly is a movie that kind of escaped many American viewers. But now that it's available for streaming, I definitely, definitely recommend it. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, and it's one that I definitely own because it's always good to have if I want to check it out. All right, well, you take care, and I will get back with you with some more segments shortly. And with that, I'll be closing this broadcast. You can reach out to The Lost Man on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, when you hear that howl in the night, it may be coming from the Midnight Manor. Keep it frightful, my fiends.